Welcome to the PKN Podcast, where we give you the wrap on all things packaging. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the PKN Podcast. My name's Grant McCarran, and as ever, I am joined by Lindy Hewson, who is the uh, managing editor and publisher of PKN Packaging News, and also the host of the show. Lindy, how are you doing? Grant, I'm doing great today. Glad to be here for our second episode in our second season of the PKN Podcast. And today we're going to be talking about the prevention of food waste, which is now a $20 billion per annum issue in Australia. And we're going to be looking at preventing food waste through good packaging design. We're also going to be talking about the launch of the first Industry Insights report that reveals the extent of the problem when it comes to food manufacturers taking responsibility for preventing food waste. Now, joining us today to talk about the findings in the report are two key representatives of the Save Food Packaging Consortium. Alan Adams is the Sustainability Director for APAC for Sealed Air. Packaging manufacturer Sealed Air is a consortium member for the Save Food Packaging Project for the Fight Food Waste CRC. So that's a a lot of um, names and and acronyms we need to get around, but we're going to be talking about all of those today, and by the end of it, I'm sure we'll all know exactly who's who in the zoo. Also with us today, and for the second time on our podcast, is Nera de Kelton. She's the Executive Director of the Australian Institute of Packaging, or the AIP as we know it. The AIP, too, is a member of the consortium and the driver behind this research, which they've done in partnership with researchers at RMIT and other members of the consortium. And we're going to be talking about that today with Nerida. Nerida, welcome back to the PKN podcast. And Alan, welcome to your first recording session with us. So we're going to start with you, Alan. To create some context, can you give us a brief outline of the extent of the food waste and loss problem? that we're facing here in Australia, and also explain to us what Save Food Packaging is. Look, this is Save Food Packaging is such a dramatic issue. We have food waste at an epic scale globally, something like a third of all food that is created is never actually eaten. And here in Australia, it's a big, big problem as well. In fact, it looks like studies are showing that Australia is perhaps one of the worst offenders in the world per head of population. It looks like we're wasting around 298 kilos of food per person per year. And the largest slice of that is actually inside the consumer's homes. So this is where Save Food Packaging comes in. In context, Save Food Packaging is about the package design, the choice of materials, and specific features that go into make-up packaging, which can enable a reduction in food waste somewhere along that entire supply chain, including in consumers' homes. So a couple of great examples of that to to show you what that really feels like in design is would be, for example, if a pack was designed in such a way that all of the contents were easily accessed, no food was left behind in the corners or recesses of the pack, and everything was removed, so nothing was wasted there or a pack that allows only the portion of food you want right now to be accessed and the rest of it to remain protected and sealed for a future use when you want it a little bit later on. And that, of course, extends the shelf life of the food, which is a critical concept in this space. So um, you as at Sealed Air have designed a couple of such packs. In fact, you've won some awards for those. Um, Would you say that uh, you think that 
enough is being done on the safe food packaging design front by packaging manufacturers? There is still so much food waste I think we can work towards eliminating. While we have the problem, we've got to try everything we can to reduce it. The social, economic and environmental cost of food waste is just so high. I think there's definitely more room, more scope for more outcomes to be delivered. Okay, so one of the ways of finding out who's doing what has been some research that's been driven by the Australian Institute Packaging and um, other members of the consortium. So I would like you, Nerida, to uh, tell us from the AIP's perspective, what was the Industry Insights Report all about? Why did you do it? What was the scope of it? And who were the stakeholders that you surveyed? Well, thank you, Lindy, and thank you for having me back. To really embed safe food packaging design into businesses, we really first need to understand whether manufacturers consider food waste and loss, how packaging designers and technologists are designing food packaging, if marketing departments are ensuring that on-pack communication provides the best messaging to consumers, and what the barriers really are to implement safe food packaging strategies. So as a core participant of the Fight Food, Fight Food Waste Cooperative Research Centre, the Australian Institute of Packaging uh, Safe Food Packaging Design Project released two stakeholder industry insight reports. And these industry insight reports will help set a baseline for current design practice and enable a path forward for areas of improvement. The two reports that we are releasing at the moment are called the Industry Insights Report, which was a stakeholder online survey of product packaging design processes. And the second one is an Industry Insight Report called Stakeholder Interviews of Product Packaging Design Processes. These two reports represent the current landscape of the food and packaging industry in Australia regarding perceptions and practices of food waste and safe, and safe food packaging. The survey was an industry-based survey, so anyone in the industry was um, invited to participate in that. And the second survey and report came out of independent stakeholder interviews that we did with a number of food and brand uh, beverage companies across Australia. So uh, what, one of the key findings from the survey, uh, once I, when I went through that, was to see that 30% of stakeholders are unwilling to redesign a product's packaging to save on food waste. Now, Alan, did these findings come as a surprise to you? Yeah, that's a, a really interesting question, Lindy. And like most really interesting questions, I think the answer is yes and no. Yes, because the cost is so high. I mentioned before, you know, the social, environmental and economic cost. You know, the cost to an average household in Australia is like over $1,000 a year. So you'd think that there was a great driver for making change. So yes, that is a surprise. But at the same time, kind of no, it's not because those costs, particularly the ones at the end of use, like in the consumer's home, that's not directly tangible into the costs of running the supply chain further up. You know, the brand owner, the supply chain itself does not tangibly feel that cost. So the cost of waste within the supply chain itself is well-known and well-targeted and has reduced over time. But the waste at the farm and the waste at the other end of the supply chain has not been well-targeted and we're not seeing that direct link between the outcome at the household and design at the start of the supply chain. So, no, I'm not overly surprised that there are some saying we're not absolutely willing to make change because that cost isn't necessarily guaranteed to turn into a financial outcome. 
So, Nerida, would you like to comment on that? Thank you, Lindy. I think that um, to add to Alan's point, it's quite difficult to measure loss at a consumer and household level. And if we can't measure what's happening there, it's difficult to then quantify whether we're achieving um, adequate and innovative and intuitive safe food packaging design at the start of the supply chain. So we do need to do a little bit more work on being able to measure design aspects and whether they are achieving what we want them to achieve in the household. Yeah, because I guess, I mean, we can design a good pack, as Alan mentioned earlier, where um, everything empties out clearly and the pack itself is a recyclable material. So that all works in that, on that end. But you still don't know whether the consumer is overbuying and still doesn't get to use the food in time. And I don't know how we measure exactly the quantity of waste, as you say, that's going in um, to the bin in the consumer's home. And for the food manufacturer, perhaps they're going, well, is this our problem? Isn't this a consumer problem? Is this a consumer education problem? I don't know. Anyway, but I do. I am interested now to know what some of the other key findings were. So, Nerida, can you take us through some of those? So, we've obviously had quite a lot of findings come out of the two reports, and we can't talk about all of them today. So, I've picked four that I think are really um, interesting to discuss. So, the first one is around terminology and definitions of safe food packaging design features. And we find that they are still very unclear and not fully recognised within the industry. We have also identified that there is a disparity between how ac academics and the industry refer to all of the features in safe food packaging design. So we we, we're at the moment, we have a very big disparity between how we're talking, the terms that we use. So it's quite confusing for the industry. So when we start talking about safe food packaging design, a lot of the packaging uh, designers and technologists are sitting there saying, well, is that, is that what they're referring to or isn't that what we already design for extension or shelf life, et cetera? So we do need to do a little bit more work on in that area. So if, you, if we remember a couple of years back, cast our mind to when nobody really understood what accessible packaging design was. And now I think it's clearer what we, what we I, I like to think it's clearer and we build those in features into design now. Um, do you think perhaps it's just a step change that has to be made with the, this new terminology, absolutely, and I think you're spot on, Lindy. We we're at a we're at the starting point, and we're in a, it's an infancy with safe food packaging design terminology, guidelines, criteria, etc. So we need people to start getting used to it, using the terms, referring to them the way that we would like them to, and embedding them in their businesses. So you're spot on. Okay, so what was the second finding? Uh, the second one is a really interesting one. There are a number of key safe food packaging design features that are already adopted in organisations, which is really, really encouraging. And this includes usage and storage instructions, extension of shelf life and barrier, openability, which is an exciting one, date labelling and on-pack communication. But what we unfortunately found in the findings was that underutilized uh, features included active and intelligent packaging and controlled dispensing. Now, the controlled dispensing feature, we would argue that that's a terminology issue. So, we have discovered within the findings that it's possibly just a terminology definition that we need to communicate to, to the industry, whereas active and intelligent packaging is a barrier 
um, and it is currently not being utilised as well as we, we feel it should be for safe food packaging design. And it's clear to us that we, we must demonstrate the value for brands, retailers and consumers in embedding active and intelligent packaging into their processes. Alan, did you want to add something to that? Yeah, look, I think that Nerida's spot on. Demonstrating the value is really key here. To get adoption of a technology, of a product throughout the supply chain, we need it to deliver value to the brand owner, the processor. We need it to deliver value to the retailer and we need it to sell. We need it to deliver value to the consumer. And without all three of those things coming together, it's hard to get new features to launch. So something that simply makes an improvement in supply chain where that supply chain robustness could have been delivered through diligence and the right approach to running the supply chain are, are difficult features such as you know, managing or reporting on the accuracy of temperature control. But if we have something that talks about the eating experience, the, the ripeness, the length of time that, that the appropriate eating experience is to be, then that could be of value to the brand owner in demonstrating the quality of the product to the retailer because it's a tangible value they can sell into the consumer because we want to have a great eating experience. So I have a couple of examples that might help understand that. Um, we have one that's Mission Produce, which partnered with Hazel Technologies to launch Avolast. And Avolast is a new shelf life program that enables avocados three extra days of optimal ripeness. And it was designed with a quarter size insert block, which blocks the ethylene receptors and slows the ripeness. But the benefits and the value is that it reduces food waste and throwaways, but it also increases profits for the business. The other example is Black Bear, which is a paper-based electrical gas sensor that indicates how much shelf life is left for packaged meats. The consumers can access the shelf life data in real time by scanning RFID tags and linking it to their smartphones. And then the consumers can be notified about how much shelf life is remaining. So there's two examples of what we're talking about when we're talking about active and intelligent packaging and the value back to the business. Well, there is the technology in the active and intelligent packaging space is coming on in leaps and bounds. And uh, no number of players in our market now have got it ready to go, ready for brand owners when they are keen to adopt. So I think we're going to see a bit more activity in this space, and that's exciting. So what was the third finding, Nerida? So the third finding was the greatest perceived barrier to save food packaging adoption is that it simply adds cost and time to production and organisations lack resources. And when you look at the percentage, 41% believe that it adds cost and then 27% believes that it's just simply because of lack of resources. But adding cost is something that we are aware of and we need to do a little bit more work in to, to communicate that to businesses. So, Alan, you spoke about costs at some length earlier. Perhaps you could just uh, summarise now what, what exactly you think uh, manufacturers are seeing the cost issues as and how you think we could sell it to them differently. I think that the cost is always a challenge. Uh, you know, it, it crops up every time we talk about adding cost to anywhere along a supply chain. And the food industry runs on incredibly tight margins. So there's high awareness. Something that we highlighted earlier is that if we're 
delivering features that derive outcomes for consumers, there can be a disconnect between that value delivery at the consumer level and where the cost is incurred at the brand owner or processing level. So many of us as consumers ourselves would say that food is an expensive item. You know, produce is increased, feels like it's increased in cost. So, you know, not many of us are willing to put our hand up and say, yeah, we'd like to see an increase in the cost per kilo or per gram of the produce that we're buying. And the idea that appealing to the reduction of waste in a consumer home because of that lack of tangible link back through the supply chain could be seen as risky. So, you know, there's that question of, are we willing to pay for the value? And to me, that drives home the biggest point out of this, that communication and education is absolutely key. We have to be showing the consumers what the value being delivered is in order to be able to recover that cost or value in the products we're selling. Okay, so that is going to be a challenge um, as I see it. And I understand in the in the context of the whole fight food waste CRC that there are projects on the on the go. Um, and Nerida, perhaps you can just say something briefly about that to us that are going to help to inform consumers more about being and raising their awareness of that kind of value that that needs to come across in a product so that they can reduce their food waste. So uh, one of the key projects in consumer perception pieces um, in the in the CRC is a Woolworths and Sustainability Victoria piece. Now, there are a couple of reports already available, so I would encourage everybody to go on to the CRC, Fight Food Waste CRC website, and they can download those reports. And they are trying to measure the losses and the waste in household. And they're also trying to understand what the barriers are for consumers, you know, whether it's, as you said, buying too many, too much food, not using it in time, not understanding date labelling, not understanding on-pack communication, et cetera. So Woolworths and SV are continuing to do a number of projects in this space. And I would encourage everyone to have a look at the findings so far and follow them for some quite interesting uh, findings. So um, to get back to your key findings, one of the words that's missing so far is sustainability. Was that one of the key findings? Absolutely. And, and Alan and I talk about the balance between the 2030 and the 2025 national packaging targets every day of the week. So one of the key findings is that sustainability is also perceived by industry to be a safe food packaging function, which is 100% correct. This is the continued discussion around the balance between safe food packaging design and sustainable packaging design and trying to understand and design packaging that identifies those trade-offs and finds the optimum pack design, which can be very challenging. So I'd like Alan to talk a bit more about this because this is the, the core of what his company does. Um, Alan? Yeah, I think that this is such an interesting space. The industry itself understands that safe food packaging delivers sustainability and reducing food waste. But again, we've got challenges with the consumer market here and that the consumer perception of packaging is all too often driven by just hanging on to that used piece of packaging after it's served its function, looking at it and thinking, wow, this is a dirty piece of packaging sometimes that I'm not absolutely sure what I should do with and essentially there's not a lot of love there. There's no recognition of the value that's been delivered by the packaging and safely and, and securely transporting the food all the way through the supply chain 
with full nutritional value intact and delivering the great eating experience that that produce delivered to the consumer. We do know and studies show that when you simply explain to the consumer a little bit about why the packaging is there and what it's doing for them, then there's high adoption of that packaging or high attraction to it. There's an almost quasi-famous study now of the cucumber, you know, the (laughs) wrapped cucumber. (laughs) The wrapped cucumber versus the unwrapped cucumber, you know, a study showed that consumers preferred the unwrapped cucumber when without any other information. But when shown that the wrapped cucumber delivered up to 14 days of shelf life, instead of becoming flexy and bendy and thrown out by the end of the week in the fridge, then, you know, the numbers that were attracted to the packaging, the packaged cucumber jumped dramatically. So we think it's really clear that consumers can understand, will be attracted to the right features, but we've just got to tell them. So, and do you propose doing that on pack? We do strongly. You know, that's perhaps a sealed air view, but also a very personal one from from myself. You know, I think we should be telling people exactly why it's there and exactly about the value that it delivers. It does not need to be a dissertation, just a simple call out of, this delivers you a better eating experience because, or this is ready for your freezer. Whatever it is, I think that uh, that will help us get some of these technologies more widely adopted and help us in the race to reduce food waste. Because real estate on packaging is an issue that we're all aware of. That's where I would say we need to go back to smart packaging and utilise the benefits of smart packaging, intelligent packaging. So if we can't get it on the physical real estate of a pack, we can access it through the smart packaging systems. So, and in that case, one example would be if you had information about the product, find out more about how this product can save food waste, scan this QR code. Most consumers are using their phone now to find out more about the ingredients or perhaps a recipe. Uh, I wouldn't say most, that's probably an exaggeration, but many consumers are. Um, And so I think that that will become more order of the day using your smartphone to find out more about the product because of that limited real real estate space on um, the food label, basically. So, Based on these findings, and I know there were more, and the report is available on the um, PKN website and also on the AIP website. Um, Alan, what are some of the important recommendations going forward? For me, Lindy, I think three that really stand out are clarity on the terms and definitions. I know Nerida spoke to this before, but in order for us to accurately target outcomes, we need to be speaking the same language We need to be understanding where to focus. The second one, I think, is one I've probably spoken the most passionately about today is education. But it's education not only of the consumer and education on packaging at that piece, it's also education on how these successful strategies can be employed within the supply chain, demonstrating that smart design can deliver great outcomes and not necessarily add cost. If we bring this thinking right into the early stages of the design phase, into the marketing of the product, then we can deliver outcomes that are optimised and not necessarily adding cost. And thirdly, without doubt, shelf life extension included at the design stage considerations for the consumer phase or the consuming phase as well as the supply chain itself uh, is absolutely critical. I think those are the three that probably stand out to me as as really big ones that we can take some action on now. 
Nerida, did you have any more to add to that? Um, the other two that I would like to add that stood out was the one about equipping some of the positions or departments, for want of a better term, like the marketing people, the CEOs and managing directors, with a little bit more awareness and understanding of the decision-making power that they hold and that they are they can be the key to reducing food waste through the packaging design that they have in their businesses. We found that the marketing departments, unfortunately, had the least interest in this area and we need to do a little bit more work with them to understand how we can show them the benefits and the value that that this can give their businesses. The other one is to ensure that we try and work with the businesses to unlock the barriers for cost, cost to value ratios, and try and work with them to improve this and show them the benefits as well. So given that these recommendations all make sense but need some action, what will be the next steps for the Safe Food Packaging Project following this research work? So the next part of our project is actually um, pilots, pilot pro- a pilot program where we will work with a number of key brands around Australia to trial and test our guidelines and our criteria within their business to understand their barriers and challenges, to understand which of the features and guidelines they would use and implement in their business and to work with them to improve embedding it in, into their processes. So would that then result in um, kind of some case studies that you could then reflect and show to the rest of the industry? Yes. So we we have a number of um, award-winning safe food packaging design already, as you know, through the Australasian Packaging Innovation and Design Awards. We are developing all of those into case studies at the moment, and we will have those available in, in probably the next six months. And then on top of that, we would like to enhance our case study resources and show people what we believe is best practice. So this pilot project, what is the time frame on these these projects that you're going to be doing? The pilot project will be within the next 12 months and then we will have a new level of research and findings that can then take our draft criteria and guidelines that we already have available and modify them and adapt them and customise them to specific market categories and, and sectors. Okay, so in the, ter- in the context of the target timeline, you mentioned earlier two dates, 2025, which we all know of the National Packaging Targets uh, deadline, and uh, 2030, that's the food waste target. Is that correct? Can you just clarify? So the 2030 target that we refer to is to halve food waste that goes to landfill by 2030 in Australia, and that's a federal target. Yes. All right. Well, the time has come for us to wrap up today's show, unfortunately. But Alan, do you have any final message that you'd like to leave the audience with? Yeah, I think that there's, there is truly value here and it is the future as well. Uh, there is such an impact of this, not only in the cost to environment, the value to our society. Uh, you know, climate change is, is a direct impact from food waste going to landfill. So, you know, this is such an important space. We need to get better at it. And uh, I, I really look forward to the pilot programs because delivering case studies that show how success can be delivered with low risk to engagement by brand owners is is key. I agree with you there. Nerida, last words? 
I would encourage everyone to log on to PKN or AIP or the Fight Food Waste CRC websites, download the reports, and then uh, make contact with us, and we can take some steps to undertake some pilot programs with your business. Well, thanks to both of you for joining us today. You certainly have demonstrated to me and to Grant here what the value could be to us as consumers, but also to the brand owners, the processors, the retailers, to everyone in the chain um, of developing good design to save food waste, prevent food waste. So thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, ladies and gentlemen. We hope you've enjoyed this uh, episode. Very important topic, reducing food waste, and I'm sure we'll be hearing more about this as we go closer to the uh, deadlines. So thanks once again, and we look forward to bringing you another episode in the not-too-distant future. You've been listening to the PKN Podcast, produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of PKN Packaging News, owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of PKN Packaging News, Yaffa Media, or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. If you wish to use any of this podcast's audio, please contact us via the website or send an email to editor at packagingnews.com.au. You can subscribe to this podcast via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on Australia's packaging industry at packagingnews.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast.